a little long, isn't it, guys? Uh, I was dancing, yeah. and then I was wondering, are we at a club or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Geeks Against the Grain by Geek Vibes Nation. We haven't done one of these in quite a while, but we are back because there is just so much to talk about. As you probably can already tell, I am not your usual host, Juan, but this is Tia hosting tonight's episode, and I am joined by two of the best of the best. We have AJ. How are you tonight, AJ? I am pretty good. As soon as I got home from work, I took myself a nap, and I feel refreshed. And that is wonderful. I had a cup of coffee. You feel refreshed. How about you, Dom? How are you feeling tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Just got back from, uh, you know, a little shindig with my compadres, and uh, I'm ready. Busy man. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the weekends sometimes feel busier than the weekdays. When you have the weekdays, you have all these set schedules, you're doing what you're doing, and then the weekends come, and suddenly you have a million things that you have to juggle, but I am very happy, exactly, but I'm very happy (laughs) that the three of us could be here to do Geeks Against the Grain, and this is the world versus comics. Now, that is a very generalized statement for everything that we're about to talk about tonight, but that is because in the recent weeks, since we haven't done a Geeks Against the Grain, there have been a lot of controversy, comments, uh, things stirring up the community, and it all, I feel, started with the comments of one man, a very well-respected director, someone who has made some of my favorite movies of all time, and his name is Martin Scorsese. Um, Before I go any further, he actually had a movie come out this past weekend called The Irishman, and Dom, you said that you actually got to check it out. Can you give us just a brief summary of your thoughts of The Irishman? Uh, So, for one, if you do see it, uh, whether it's in theaters or when it comes on Netflix, be prepared to to not uh, drink a lot because it is three... About three and a half hours, three twenty long, and uh, if you like Goodfellas, you'll like The Irishman. I'll put it that way. I feel like already Juwan is sitting there wondering what he can complain about with The Irishman, just to <laughs> justify the fact that he hates how long it actually is. But the whole reason why I bring <laughs> The whole reason why I bring up Martin Scorsese is because this very talented director recently had comments against the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Cinematic Universe that has brought us so much joy in the past 10 years, um, he decided to really say that, A, they were not cinema, uh, they were like theme park rides, and overall kind of essentially destroying the art of cinema, which is very strange. And I had to kind of control my emotions for a moment because there seems to be this thing online that it's almost very popular to shit on Marvel. Suddenly we're a very irrational fan base, which, okay, um, we're just trying to be happy here. That's my, like, uh, thought process on the whole thing. And I was wondering, why is he coming about deciding to talk shit about Marvel 
we all love his movies, is it really in his mind destroying the industry? Maybe he's not happy that his movie is on Netflix. Who knows? But it is very unusual that he decided to kind of pinpoint, uh, you know, pick on Marvel and make all these comments about it. And it kind of has created this tidal wave of other directors coming out, like Francis Ford Coppola, another fantastic director. Um, And it's very strange. So before I kind of give my two cents on the whole thing, and while it seems like they're burning down Yonkers behind me, I'm going to (laughs) go over to (laughs) – I'm going to go to AJ, who kind of gave us the inspiration for this topic, to ask him what his thoughts are on Martin Scorsese's comments for Marvel. Okay, first off, I just want to say that Martin Scorsese is one of my favorite directors to date. Um, I think in one of my top 100 movies, I have Silence in, in that one and Raging Bull, which I love. Uh, the Departed is amazing. Wolf of Wall Street is brilliant. Taxi Driver, Goodfellas. Y'all know his movies. He's one of the best directors of all time. One of the smartest people in the whole wide world. But much like any smart person or any other person, there's always going to be a dumb comment someone's going to say. And for him to say that Marvel movies isn't cinema, I think is ignorant. And I just think it's ridiculous that he just came out and said that. And now everybody on Twitter, all the people on the internet saying, oh, Marvel isn't good, Marvel isn't good, it is a cinema. I'm like, and it's just so annoying because one director, or sorry, now two directors said, maybe three, I don't know, said that Marvel isn't cinema. It's more like a, what do you say? It's more like a... Like a theme park roller coaster ride. Park. Yeah. I just think that ignorant ends here. I think this is the quote. I don't even think he's seen the movies at all either. He said, I tried, you know. But that's not cinema. He continued, honestly, the closest I can think of them as well made as they are. Uh, what the actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, which I don't even know what that means. Um, it isn't, it is, what is it? It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotion, emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. And I just find that ridiculous because. I feel like just because it's a blockbuster film, a superhero film, doesn't mean that they don't express emotions like any other human being can. Of course, they have superpowers, supernatural abilities and all that, but all in all, if you, like, dig through it, you can see human elements in each and every single one of those Marvel movies. And... I just think it's disrespectful because Marvel, uh, DC, all the superhero movies had something to something to include. Um, what is that? Something to contribute to the movie industry. We recently got the Joker, which is probably one of the best DC movies to date since what the Dark Knight. Um, we got Endgame that. There's a huge spe- spectacle, and 
I felt like I felt like it broke barriers when it comes to like CGI and visual effects and all that. You have our we have what characters like Thanos that has a huge uh, psychological impact on what a villain should be, and same with Joker, and same with um, Killmonger. Like, I just don't understand why we have to hate on something because it's it's becoming super popular, and I just feel like it's not fair at all just because one movie is getting all the praise and all that doesn't mean like another movie shouldn't be overlooked and all of that. Um, I don't know. You saying like who's someone said that Marvel movies, DC, all that was like ruining the cinema and we're getting less original movies. This is what I heard someone say on Twitter. And I was like, that's the most dumbest thing I've ever heard because we are, we actually have more what, more original movies than we have like Marvel movies and all that. Like I said, Joker, even though it's based off of a DC villain, Joker, it's still an original concept. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, we got Booksmart, we got foreign films like Parasite, which is incredible and more people need to see. And to see that with Parasite, it's a good example. Um, I think it's not that big right now in terms of uh, box office. Uh, how much does it have? Let's see. Y'all can go on. I got to look up the <laughs> box office for Parasite. Oh. Okay, never mind. It has $99 million, uh, worldwide box office, and Domestic, it has five million, which isn't good at all. But seeing and reading and hearing people say that there isn't enough original films being made is not true at all. Because you have movies like Parasite and Booksmart that doesn't do well, I would say, as much as like a Marvel movie or a DC movie, which makes like what five hundred plus million million dollars and for domestic we want to get like what 10 plus million for original films so people aren't going out to see these types of movies and for them to complain that there isn't enough is i just feel like it's ignorant and there that's all i'm going to say <laughs> that's all that's all i'm going to write about well i have to say that the complaint of that there's not enough original content out there is simply because I don't think that it isn't there on a mainstream level. But I don't think that, say, Marvel movies or comic book movies are to blame in general because I've said this before, there are plenty of fantastic indie movies, but those don't nearly get as much uh, recognition because they're outshined by these bigger companies, these bigger corporations, because they don't have someone, say, like Martin Scorsese attached to them. People aren't paying attention, but there is plenty of content out there. But if anything, then I guess you can just blame marketing companies. And if you're saying that, you know, these other uh, movies, which I heard Parasite was absolutely amazing. Um, if you want to talk about, say, like the money value of it, 
I'll I'll argue and say that it's because uh frickin' ticket prices are so expensive. Um, it's not that people are seeing these Marvel or DC movies because over other movies because we're sheets or something like that, but it's like, hey, it's a shit ton of money, and it's better to go see a movie like Endgame in the theater, but I can wait to see other movies at home and not spend the $15 that it costs to go see yeah. a movie. Yeah, but I will say that now we're getting more movie passes for, like, AMC and Regal, which is, like, what, $20 a month, and you can watch how many movies you want. So, which is smart which is so yeah. economically smart that they're doing that. Um, and that could be because they want people to go to the movies and not have it where they're not going because of ticket prices. That's smart. I love that, um, that that's happening. But, you know, with Martin Scorsese, which, by the way, AJ, I'm really happy that you brought up that quote because I was just looking at it before. But when he says these type of things, He's also saying these type of comments towards other directors. And I have to, and like directors like, say, James Gunn have come obviously to the defense of Marvel movies and comic book movies. And it is quite insulting, I would say, as a director to hear, say, Martin Scorsese uh, say such negative things towards Marvel. I mean, certainly he's, I guess, entitled to his opinion, but you're pretty much telling other directors that they're making popcorn flicks. Um, yes, certainly they're entertaining. Which isn't a bad thing. Which isn't a which bad isn't, thing if you're making a Which isn't a, it's not a bad thing. And also, as you said, yes, there's like, you know, superheroes with powers, but there's a lot of emotion. I cry during Endgame. I cry during a lot of Marvel movies. That's the point. You're supposed to sit there and cry. But there is a lot of emotions to be felt. Um, and just because it's not being wrapped up in the way that, say, someone like Martin Scorsese is used to presenting it doesn't make it any less cinema. But that's my personal opinion. Um, Dom, what are, what's your stance with Martin Scorsese and his comic, uh, comments? Is he right? Um, should we really be taking movies like Marvel movies so seriously? Or should we kind of sit there and go, yeah, they're not really cinema? So <clears throat> there's a term that uh, my homies and I uh, like to use when referring to people like Scorsese and Coppola, and we call them saltines. Those saltines <laughs> are the people <laughs> who are saltines. The saltines are the people who are older. They've been doing something for so long that they can't handle the changing landscape of their, their art form, whether it's, you know, uh, graphic art, whether it's music, whether, and then film, it's all the same. Like they, they feel like they're the, they were, they are, or were the pinnacle. And then once it starts to change, oh, it's it's different. So it's not like when I made it. So there's no way that it can be that good. And you know, we when we talk about Scorsese, Coppola, when we mention the movies that that we love, the movies are from like the '60s, '70s, '80s, early '90s. So they're they and that's what they sit on. They sit on a throne of throwback films, which are great films, but they're older. And yeah, we're always going to have them to go back to. But at some point, we have to move on. Like you can't keep making the same type of movie that you think is good, you know. And 
And maybe at some point in the future we'll look back and we might be like, oh, man, all these guys that made all these comic book movies, like, they get, they got to get over themselves. And it might be the same thing. But for now, in the present, this is what's popular. And you can't fault people for liking what they like. And like you said, these movies, whether they're, you know, superhero based on the comic book or not, they're layered stories. They're layered characters. And the directors and producers always add artistic, you know, the artistic flair to the character to make them, you know, even that more personable. And what I find really funny is that, you know, that I know uh, the movie The Current War, uh, I don't know if, how, I think it's new, and it came out, and it and Scorsese is one of the pro- uh, producers on it, and it has Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch. So he... You have to be lying if he says that he hasn't seen these movies, you know, because that's two of the biggest people in the MCU, and you have them starring in a movie that you helped executive produce. So I think that he watched them, was a little uh, upset at how good they were, and was like, I can't make this. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get out front and say they're trash, and nobody should see them, and try to do the whole trickle-down effect with that, the, the negative comments because, you know, it's not the comments themselves. It's about who said them because we hear this stuff all the time from, you know, whether you're Marvel and then you hate DC or vice versa or if you're, I'm a, you're, if you're a Trekkie and you don't like Star Wars, like there's always somebody who's going to say they don't like what you like. But when it's someone who is like, you know, we consider at the height of heights says like, hey, I don't like what you're doing, even though it's really good. Then you're like, hold on, like, you know, you're going to question yourself a little bit. I'm sure Gunn and Taika, and they're all kind of looking like, you know, if they take, they're going to take it a little, a little hard. Like, are we doing the right thing? And you got to like, you know, hey, you know what? These guys, are, they're, they're old. I, I hate to say it. Like, the old people don't like change. I mean, a lot of people don't like change, but the old people – they really don't, and that's what it, it feels like to me is that they're, you know, one of them's waiting for somebody else to say it, and then now they're like, oh, let me come out and say it too, and I just, it just doesn't make any sense that you can really just hate the movies, and I don't know why they're, they go for the critics. I mean, we've all had problems with some of these critics lately that they seem like they don't like any movie, and, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I think there's a difference in the Geek Vibes reviews because we all really love movies. And when I see some of these other, you know, critics on, like, Rotten Tomato, and, and they're like, they hate everything. And I'm like, well, yeah. y'all even, why y'all doing this if you don't like movies? It doesn't make any sense. So I think that's where Scorsese now should probably um, go after some of these critics that may, you know, attack a movie like The Irishman. They might not like it because whatever the reason, and then nobody wants to see it because they respect that that critic. So I don't think he can fault the people for liking what they like, but like you said, maybe it's the marketing, maybe it's the critics, maybe it's it's a, it, a lot of other things than just the people's problems. So, yeah, that's how I feel. I want to talk about the Rotten Tomato thing real quick. Uh, people think that Rotten Tomatoes is a critic website where – they all contribute and talk about what they like and what right. they don't like. 
That's not what that is at all. Rotten no, Tomatoes no. is something that goes to different websites and gets those reviews and put it on their website. So like a 95% for Rotten Tomatoes does not mean the movie is 95%. It means that 95% like the movie, 5% don't. I just think that people attack Rotten Tomatoes, people attack critics, don't understand that concept. And I feel like, what, Twitter is probably like one of the biggest things that do this. And I just think it's not fair to the people that try to bring out all these critics and their opinions. People forget to realize that critics are people too. And they have their own opinion. It doesn't have to match mm-hmm. yours. Opinion's opinion. You can like or dislike a movie. Some people hate The Godfather. Some people love The Godfather. Some people hate The Joker. Some people love The Joker. And I just feel like it's unfair to attack one point and just deflect from another. And I just think that's unfair. I wanted to, um, which these are really great points, uh, AJ. I think that at some point we shouldn't take so much uh, notice or put so much weight, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes as we've seen in the past how Rotten Tomatoes can be manipulated, such as a movie like, say, uh, Captain Marvel uh, and even Joker, I believe, at some point was review bombed. So, you know, it's everyone takes uh, something like, say, Rotten Tomatoes as if if it's gospel, and it's not. As you said, it's just people. Um, But I wanted to go back really quick to what Don because it was just so funny. Salt team. I'm laughing so hard about that. I love that. I I wanted to say really quick, it's amazing that we see some people who are, say, older um, that are very resistant to change because I'm going to tell you guys really quick. Back a few years ago, and this is very personal right now, back a few years ago, I used to work at a gun store, believe it or not. Um, and me and my boss went down to a, a big convention, a summit, and you would think, just think in your head, the type of people that you would imagine are probably going to be there, right? And I have to tell you that the whole uh, uh, motto that weekend was trying to get away from the pale, stale, and male and trying to get, like, this whole, like, new audience and everything. And I feel like that is kind of what the film industry used to be, right? The pale, stale, and male. Um, And then suddenly when these guys, the pale, stale, and male, uh, see people of color come in, women come in, younger people come in, suddenly they don't know what to do. And I think that maybe <laughs> that maybe reacting in these ways are a way for them to respond because, you know, okay, like comic book movies are popular now. What was popular years ago? Western. Do they have this? Does Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola have the same opinion about westerns? Do they have the same opinion about Jaws? What they think about Star Wars? Star Wars came out what? Someone help me out, a Star Wars fan. When did the first one come out? 
when? 82, I think. I might be wrong. I thought it came out in the 70s. No, 77. Sorry. When? 77. My point is, 77. Uh, Star Wars has been around for a long time, so it's not like franchise films uh, haven't been around. So Francis Ford Coppola had gotten in trouble because apparently he called Marvel movies despicable. And then in another interview, he had to pretty much clarify, saying that he doesn't like the idea of franchises. The notion that you can keep repeating what is essentially the same movie for financial gain. In other words, what is the formulaic approach? In some ways, I think the cinema is like food, certainly. You can add things to make it tempting, tasty, and, and enjoyable, but it must also be nutritious to qualify as real food. Okay, apparently he was really hungry when he was talking about that. But, um, <laughs> but let's talk about this really quick. AJ, what is your uh, thoughts about franchises? Are, I just saw this thing, right, online. Where, Well, not just saw it, but after Endgame, everyone talked about should the Marvel Cinematic Universe die? And, I mean... Is there a problem with franchises, or do you think, screw it, if there's a shit ton of comics for reference, should this keep going, or should the Marvel Cinematic Universe have an end at some point? Okay, first, let me talk about the food reference thing. <laughs> first. Um, I watch a lot of Gordon on YouTube, Hulu, blah, blah, blah. And he has Yeah. Okay. And he's saying that you should not change something that has been perfected for thousands of years, thousands of years. Um, and if you do not have the knowledge to change something, don't change it. But in this case, Marvel movies, DC movies has all this knowledge from um, Martin Scorsese, Coppola all of the best um, film directors in the world, and they choose to improve upon it because they have that knowledge. So saying that something can't be changed doesn't mean it has to be changed or will be changed or anything. But if you can improve on some something that's been good for thousands and thousands of years, then you should do it. I'm not saying all superhero movies are good. We all, we all have bad movies, suicide included, Tia. <laughs> And you need you need to stop AJ now now we're <laughs> gonna disagree. <laughs> but like I said, Silence, Hugo, Raisin Bull, Godfather, they're all considered the pinnacle of movie telling and we all have that knowledge to know what's good, what's bad and what not to do and what to do. There are film directors that want to go out there and be more experimental and sometimes it works. It works beautifully when it works, but when it doesn't work, they can just go back on the drawing board and think of some way to figure figure out what they did wrong and how to fix it. Um, I feel like some people can't gra- grasp the concept that a director isn't the movie. Um, isn't as is is better than their movie. A director is better than their movie. So saying like 
that let's put Martin Scorsese out. Let's say um Casino isn't okay, no, I'm not gonna do that. Um what's a bad movie? He has no bad movies. Okay, I'm just gonna say this. I love the last temptation of Christ, but let's say the last temptation of Christ was bad and he improved on what he made from that and made like a um casino or no, not casino. Let's say um, Silence, which I think is, is, for me, his best movie ever made. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree me disagree with me on that one. But since Silence is his best movie ever made, it's because he learned from The Last Temptation of Christ um, all his negatives and, all his po- and continued all his positives into Silence. So... Saying that a movie should stay the way it is, I don't believe that, but sometimes it can be true. But for Marvel, DC, they all learned from the past, and I just felt like they should be considered some of the great movies as well when it comes for their time. When it comes to their time. First of all, can we talk about like the food references, right? Like you know, Gordon Ramsay saying "Don't change it," blah 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 blah. Um, like. Okay, coleslaw, right? How many freaking restaurants do deconstructed coleslaw? I'm just saying. All right, there are lots of <laughs> different variations on food. And then we just probably lost most of the, most of the listeners because they're like, why are these people talking about food? But um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, Francis Ford Coppola, I mean, The Godfather's the trilogy. Just saying. That's a franchise. Um, but uh, Dom. Kind of same question here. Like, how do you feel about the whole idea of franchises? And do you agree that, you know, maybe we're beating a dead horse here? Um, Or do you kind of agree with what AJ was saying? So, franchises is funny to me. So, I feel like if the – and my first thought was the same thing with you, the Godfather, like, that's a franchise. Um, But if the – if the movie is good, I don't mind franchises. And, and of course, movies are subjective, but they can clearly tell by um, this take um, Found Destination, right? The movies are all similar. They're they're different in like the deaths and the the body counts in the movies, um, but essentially it's the same movie. But everybody's so enthralled with the movies because of how the movie is told because of, you know, the real life uh, circumstances of the deaths that happen. Um, but if the first one, or, or let's say, I can say the first one, let's say the, the second one, if the second one truly was a flop, they probably wouldn't have made anymore or when it came to the theaters, it would have gone straight to DVD and they end up making another one and another one. And I've, I watched them recently since it was, you know, October and, they're all pretty enjoyable except for the very last one because they try to be too you much too much CGI. Um but uh yeah, if they're if they're good, I mean, do do what you do. But I mean it, we know when certain franchises are bad, uh there's certain, you know, B movies that they keep making the same sequels over and over and over and I don't know why Transformers. Because <laughs> some, I mean, some of some of like uh, they come on like like Sharknado. 
I've watched one, and that was enough. I don't need to see any more <laughs> Sharknados. But they kept making them because I guess somebody liked them. So, like you said, I think if there's an audience, I mean, feed the audience. I, I mean, I, if you're McDonald's, you're not going to stop making a Big Mac because you're bored. You're going to be like, well, people like it. Let's just keep making it. Maybe you add some spice in this, too. Maybe you – why are we talking about food? My bad. Um <laughs> <laughs> but We're yeah, I mean, like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think that, uh, like, like AJ said, that we all learn from the past. All these directors, producers, um, cinematographers have learned from the past, and you can see it in, in some of these movies. It may not be, you know, direct mirrors, but you can see where they got influences from. Like I, I watched The Crow last night, one of my favorite movies, and I could see you know, movies that I've seen recently and how they did the same shots when the crows flying across the city. I've seen that same shot in the movie that I saw, like, last year. So, you know, I think what the big stir was that most of these newer directors are, they're probably just, they're hurt because they're like, I learned from you, and I'm sorry that this franchise makes billions of dollars, but they're good movies, and... uh you know, so yeah, if they're if they're good, keep I, I say keep doing them, um, because why not? <laughs> I want to say think... that make no oh, go on. No, 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 go ahead, AJ. I'm sorry. Okay, I want to say that people take good movies for granted because I I feel like personally that we get a lot of good movies in the past decade. Um, People think it's really easy to make a Marvel movie or, mm. and copying the, what, Kevin Feige, quote-unquote, uh, what is it? Oh, my God, now I'm blanking. Anyway, formula? people think it's, yeah, formula. People think it's so easy to do that, but it isn't. DC tried to do it. Um, any other, um, sorry. Uh, Monster on um, the Monster, the Dark Universe tried to do it. They failed completely. But everybody thinks that because Kevin Feige has brought us what back to back to back to back to back to back financially and critically incredible movies. And people, I just feel like people just forget the fact that it's almost impossible to make a fantastic movie that 97%, 67%, 85% people will all like at the same time. And people just take for granted how hard that is. That's the same with what music and food and so on, so on, so on. I it's come hard to... to... <laughs> it's, it's hard to please almost everybody that watches movies. And I just feel like people need to get back into being more grateful for good movies like what? What's the most recent movie you got so far? Joker, Parasite, um, Booksmart. All these movies have been incredible. And it's because people, um, directors like Martin Scorsese and so on and so on, took the time. To deliver a perfect as a perfect movie as much as they can make, and it, it's hard work. And 
people think it's easy and it's just it, it just annoys me that people think that movie movie um movie making is an easy process, which it is as one of the hardest hardest things to do in this world right now. So that's all I'm gonna say. I mean, you have to think about it. It has to be incredibly hard to maintain the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's been 10 years. To have a story that intertwines with each other and leads up to something, to be able to be, you know, structured for 10 years with different movies. There's been 20-something movies. Have all of them somehow connect to each other. And now we're getting Disney Plus with all these shows that are also supposed to connect to the same universe. I mean, Kevin Feige, I know he's probably pretty excited, but in a way I'm like, calm down. We already know you're so powerful. And now you have <laughs> reign over the television and everything. Like, I, I don't know. He's going to have to clone himself to make five of him see, in order to even see, maintain shit. See, everyone thinks that Kevin Feige is doing everything. He's not. He has a team that helps him with a lot of things. And You're right. I, he he deserves the credit, but his team also deserves as much credit as he he gets. George Lucas created one of the best franchises ever, but he couldn't do it alone. He had a team, and that team helped him create his vision for that franchise, much like Kevin Feige and so on and so on. So it's not just one person that's doing this. It's a team. And I think, like I said, movie making isn't an easy process. It's more complicated than people give it for. And like I said, more people need to respect that process. Absolutely. Um, So I believe that we kind of really rounded up everything really well with the whole Marvel argument, what I got from it is, yes, there are going to be those who are going to make comments about it. And in the end, I feel like we should just let them because let them think what they want. It is Marvel is a billion-dollar franchise. It makes a lot of people happy. We know that the directors who are behind it are incredibly passionate. The actors are passionate, and they're bringing us really – solid uh, movie making that this is just how things are. Someone pointed out to me that uh, Alfred Hitchcock, you know, was reluctant when the new wave of movies came out that were moving away from his style. So it is just almost like a rite of passage that as the new filmmakers, the old filmmakers are going to make comments about it. Um, and as far as, like, actresses, like, say, Jennifer Anderson making comments about it, I have no credence about that because you played Rachel since Friends ended. So, anyway, <laughs> let's – I'm sorry. I, I always have to make that comment because her coming out of her bag and making a comment, like, sit down, sit down. I'll pay attention to what <laughs> Martin Scorsese is saying, but I'm not paying attention to what you're saying. But – Let's shift the attention from Marvel to DC. And I have a feeling that this is a subject that is really going to get all of us very uh, riled up, at least I believe so. So the creator of Black Lightning, 
Tony Isabella, had some really interesting thoughts about one of the most, if not the most popular superhero of all time, Batman. I mean, we have had a lot of Batman, a lot of movies, television shows, comics. We're going to get a new Batman with Matt Reeves' Batman, which the freaking cast is awesome. Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, and he just confirmed that Jeffrey Wright is going to be Commissioner Gordon. Holy crap. Uh, This is a fantastic cast. Um, Paul Dano is or Dano, 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 whatever. He plays the Riddler. So we're getting so much Batman. But is that necessarily a good thing? Well, Tony Isabella doesn't think so. I'm going to read the quote for you guys. He said in a Facebook post, here's a tip. Don't ask me to join groups or visit pages that have Batman in their titles. He was once my favorite comic book hero. Now I consider him one of the most toxic, and the ruination of DC Comics. DC hurts their other characters by making Batman the center of their universe. To me, that is a really strong statement. Uh, Dom, I'm going to go to you first. What are your thoughts about that comment, and do you agree with him? So <laughs> when I when I, I had to refrain when I first heard about this, like, from not like just completely calling him like dude like, like an idiot, but because like he like you know he can have his own comment, but okay so the the in the UK you know they have James Bond in America we have Batman, um, and if you want if if they make a million 007 movies they're gonna be fine with it. If they make a million Batman movies, I'm gonna be okay with it. The, the, it's, Batman is such an not just an iconic character, but like I went okay, I went to uh, Wizard uh, Wizard World uh, Comic Con here in Nashville. Uh, probably the last time I went to was probably 2015, and they had a class called the Psychology of Batman. That's how big of a character he is because the the layers of this of Bruce Wayne and Batman and the characters that are attached to Batman, like and every universe has to have a center. So why not? Like you know, if the, if the our planets revolve around the sun, why can't DC revolve around its biggest character that they've created? And yeah, it just it's it makes no sense for him to want to say that, and I don't know what necessarily prompted him to make those comments. Um, I don't know if someone made him mad, if he just got mad that Black Lightning wasn't getting enough credit. I mean, I don't know, but how can you be part of a universe that might not even be, you might not have a job if Batman wasn't as big as Batman is, you know, um, but yeah, no, like I was, I, I, I try my best not to have Twitter finger, Twitter fingers, uh, as much because you know I don't want to eventually get myself in trouble from saying something crazy, or hindering myself from you know a future anything. Um, but no, yeah, well, as soon as I heard that, I'm just like, really, bro? Like I don't, I don't know. I, I and I want to know what he meant by toxic. What is toxic about Batman? I've never heard 
anybody say anything derogatory towards anybody or hurtful towards anybody and like, oh, it's because a Batman told me to do it. Like, that doesn't make any sense, bro. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm having trouble, like, trying to figure out what he was, like, what his beef is. Um, yeah, that that comment was really out of left field, I feel like, um, especially for someone who is a DC, you know, person. You create, it's not like you say, okay, he's, a, he's someone who created a Marvel character. He created a DC character and yet <laughs> is sitting there uh, really shitting on Batman. I mean, as you said, Batman is huge. Growing up, I watched the Batman animated series. I had Batman toys, um, you know. And as you said, it's not just Batman. His rogue gallery is probably the most interesting rogue gallery of any comic book character, DC or Marvel. Um, And just the fact that while he is, say, a caped crusader, there are so many ties to, say, the real world. You know, he doesn't have any superpowers, so it goes from that. He lost his parents at a very young age. People can relate to that. Um, And then just the fact that, say, even Gotham City was modeled after uh, a very crime-riddled New York City. So there's Mm -hmm. so much that people really gravitate to when it comes to Batman. And what is so wrong about that? Maybe I'm being ignorant here, but I don't see that necessarily ruining other characters. Um, That's just the popularity of Batman. People are going to be excited about, first of all, as far as I, I haven't caught it just because I've not watched a CW show in a very long time. Uh, But I believe Black Lightning is doing very successfully um, he's being introduced into, say, the quote-unquote Arrowverse in the upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earths. So I'm not really understanding why Tony Isabella has a lot of, uh, you know, bad feelings towards Batman. But I'm going to shift over to AJ and ask you, what are your thoughts about this quote? And why do you think he even decided to come out? And Was he just – hang on. Was he just sitting there really – like? What does his inbox look like on Facebook? Did he get like 30 invites to a Batman page and he was like, fuck this. No, I'm going to go on a rant about Batman. Uh, what the hell is going on? But AJ, please tell us your thoughts about uh, the quote about Batman being toxic. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to take a deep breath real quick. I was gonna say, is that just your comment? Is that like a summary of everything? I mean, it's understandable. Okay. <laughs> this at this point, um, creators just need to shut their mouths. Um, all they're doing that, all they're doing right now is just making fun and saying terrible things to those writers who created Batman or who created the movies or. So and so, all they're doing is just, oh God, all they all they're doing is just um, belittling everyone who is also a creator of those stories and all that. Like you have Scott Snyder, who is one of the ba- best Batman writers, who recently did last night, 
um, Batman last night. You also have Tom King, who did a fantastic run on Batman. Frank Miller, who did one of the best storylines in um, Batman, um, sorry, Dark Knight Returns. Um, you also have Batman Rip, um, written by Grant Morrison, who did a beautiful job on the character. Saying, saying that Batman is a toxic character, or what did he say? He said... Um, he said... Hang on, let me pull it up but again. Um, okay, yeah. He, he said he's said one of the Batman. most toxic and the ruination yeah. of DC Comics. Now, if he's... I'm really, really hoping that he meant the fandom of Batman and not Batman as a character. That's what I really hope he's saying. But this pisses me off so much. But if he's talking about Batman himself and then he's talking about the writers, the creator, all of that, he's just belittling everyone. And to do that just makes him a terrible person. <laughs> um, hopefully that this quote doesn't mean Batman as a character, but it means the fandom, which I would agree that the fandom of Batman is pretty toxic, much like Star Wars and any other fandom. But if he's not, I probably won't support Black Lightning at all. Well, on whatever he's writing and all that, at least. Because I just feel like that is super disrespectful to do. And I just think that's unfair. Um, as you can tell, I'm getting a little pissed off because this is probably one one of the most ignorant things I have read and I've heard in the longest time, and I just don't think it's fair. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. (laughs) Now, does anyone know, is he still writing for Black Lightning, or has that kind of been taken over by other writers at this point? That I don't know. I'm, I don't know either. I'm, I'm about to look it up now. Okay, because um, I, I'm just not understanding if he's maybe pissed because he's say writing current stuff and it's not selling like say Batman. But that's going to be for anything. I feel like. I mean, obviously a ba- uh, a Batman comic's going to outsell. You know something. Uh, you know, about the frickin', I don't know, like a, a, another DC comic. I, I feel like that's saying, uh, you know, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman are like the three top DC characters, uh, some of the top superhero characters, and that's just how it is. Um, and that's not saying that you can't have really insanely compelling uh, stories about other characters, like, I don't know, I love Doom Patrol on DC Universe, so I'm not going to sit there and go, not enough people watch Doom Patrol because of Batman, fuck Batman, but um, AJ, what (laughs) what did you find out? Okay, so, as I can see right now, for like two seconds of research, um, he hasn't done anything (laughs) recently, so, okay, that's fine, (laughs) Um, but... AJ's like, okay, I'll that, I'll buy a Black Lightning comic book now. <laughs> I will say that Batman, this is something that's true, that Batman has has been the center of the DC 
comics and people having like um getting me like let's say this um back to the movies um people complain that superheroes get too much attention but they don't go see enough they still don't go see enough um indie films this is the same with um DC comics so people have way to the focus on Batman is because people have people buy more comics that have to deal with Batman and they don't give any other focus on like characters like Black Lightning or um, Static Shock, which we need a movie for. I, I had to point out, we need a movie that for anim- that. Um, that anime show was awesome. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, a Superboy or anything. Um, I will say that Batman has been the main focus, and I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. But the stories being told in Batman have been incredible. From like, like I said before, from Scott Snyder and Tom King, they've all made incredible Batman stories. But do I do I want them to continue to um, go around and just talk about Batman and how important he is? I don't want that anymore. I want them to focus on other characters, and that might have like a big dip in their financial game but hopefully that can pick up once more people get into other comics other than Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. So uh, in a way then in a way then is there some sort of then truth to Tony Isabella's comments because uh, is there too much Batman out there? I wouldn't say there's Actually, I'm really contradicting myself. There is a lot of Batman (laughs) out there, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot of Batman out there. It's because people buy it and all that. It's it's the most popular character in both Marvel, DC, so on, and all comics history. Amen. Um, But we do have to get more um, influence in other characters, more focus on other characters. So that I do agree with, but him um, belittling everyone else because of Batman, the writers, the artists, the letters, all of them, I think the way he said it was unfair. And I didn't like those comments at all, but I do agree with him saying that Batman is too exposed and all of that. So I guess I'm not going to be as mad anymore because now I'm thinking it through. Because <laughs> honestly, this is like probably the second time I thought of this because once I read it, I was like, oh, trust this guy. I'm not going to even <laughs> think about this. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to think about this again until now. So I'll just be more lenient, I guess. So I my think question Sorry, go ahead, Tom. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I do think there is, like, um, a slight change uh, in the DC, at least in the, the DCU uh, that I've seen, like, far as, like, the uh, the casual uh, comic book reader or casual comic book movie watcher. And, you know, they're I think they're gravitating more away from Batman and more to the, you know, yeah, I mean, it's still kind of revolved a little bit around Batman, but it seems like they're, you know, going more towards, like, 
the the females. They're going towards the Harley Quinns, and I've seen a lot of um, people really excited about the Birds of Prey movie. So I do think it's slowly going, you know, a little bit away from Batman because uh, a lot of the talk, you know, besides this new Matt Reeves one, a lot of the talk in the you know that I've heard for the uh, around the DCEU hasn't really been focused on Batman until you know super recently. It's been about the other characters. I think um, after Suicide Squad and people kind of saw some visually cool looking characters, and I liked, I enjoyed the movie. I think that people are, you know, kind <laughs> of, you know, hey, there's some other people besides Batman. I kind of like some of these characters. So I think it's a uh, slowly, you know, getting away from a, a super focus on Batman. Um, I want to say that two things where say DC has the disadvantage compared to Marvel is Marvel for the most part, unless you were say a comic book reader, uh, besides Spider-Man, right? Not everyone knew who say Iron Man was Captain America Thor, So they have like the advantage of taking characters that people have no idea about and building this world, introducing them and kind of letting their work speak for themselves. But because with DC, you have all these well-known characters, it's like they're almost, the movie industry is almost obligated to have to lead with someone like Batman because it's so well-known, so marketable that it's like they have to lead with him to get people in because people are like, well, why should I really care about all these other characters? I just want to see Batman. Um, And I do believe that there is a time to see other characters. Um, If there was not a Matt Reeves Batman movie coming out, would you guys agree that there should be like a pause, like a 10 a five to ten year pause on anything Batman in the movies. Dom, you can go uh, first. Sorry, oh, I was like, uh, I probably should have picked so, someone. My bad. <laughs> um, I guess um, either way, I don't think I'd be mad because I know if there was a pause, that just means that the next one they do is going to be. Or we might get another, you know, Dark Knight-esque type of vibe to a movie. But if they do, you know, and like we're getting the Matt Reeves one, I'm not mad at it. So either way, I think, you know, um, I would be okay. Um, but if they did take a pause, that, that would be able to make the next one even better because you would have all these extra developed characters and maybe Batman wouldn't even have to be as big as a role, he'll be like the come in when he needs to and then disappear and whatnot. So, yeah, I, um, that's a that's a hard one. Uh, I think either way I'd be good. But I, I do, like what we're talking about, I do. A break would be, wouldn't be a bad thing uh, for the sake of other characters. Uh, yeah. Okay, and then AJ, same thing. What do you feel? Like, if there was not a Matt Reeves movie coming out, would you want there to be, say, like a five- to ten-year pause on anything Batman? Absolutely not. 
There's <laughs> one huge reason why. Okay. Superman. Superman, for the movies right now, it's taking a break or they're not doing the Superman movie anymore. They're going to focus them on the TV CW show, and I am honestly super pissed about it. That <laughs> they're not focusing on the freaking movie, but they're focusing on the CW show. Which, by the way, I do not like the CW Arrowverse or anything, so I don't like Flash, I don't like Supergirl, I don't like any of that. And they've decided to... They decided to make a, what, a Superman and Lois show? Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, I'm happy that they're going to continue with Batman. Um, I'm happy that they're not going to take a break. No matter what people say, oh, Batman, they should be able to take Batman a break and all that. Sorry, Dom, but I just feel like... <laughs> I just feel like um, people are hating everybody that's doing the movies with Superman. They're not going to focus on Superman and not making a sequel because they're taking said break with Superman and they're not, uh, now they're mad because Superman is not going to be in the movies for a little while or ever, to our knowledge at least. So they're never that, making a Man of Steel too. I just want to let you guys know that. That is never happening. <sighs> that, that, that pisses me off so much because Man of Steel is the best superhero movie ever made. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> just like Black Adam is never going to happen, Man of Steel 2 is never going to happen. <laughs> Put those two in the same category. I, I have to Black tell you, Adam, every... Go ahead, Black, Adam is a, Black Adam is the worst case because Dwayne The Rock Johnson and everybody else is Literally just saying, oh, we're going to make it, we're going to make it. Nope. No, it's not. 3,000 years later, Dwayne and Rock Johnson said, yep, it's still on its way. Oh, God, <laughs> just make other movies already. Just forget about Black Adam. Good Lord. I'm over it. I'm mad. Give us Black Adam or don't give us Black Adam. Give us all the Batman we can. Give us all the Superman we can because if they take breaks, we're all going to get mad no matter what because... We all are superhero fans, and we're a bun- bunch of the geekiest people in the whole wide world. And Dom, you're a hypocrite. I'm not mad at you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to play devil's advocate, man, you know. <laughs> every I have to say really quick, every week um, when we do Geek Vibes Live, Juwan always like puts on like and and they say that the Black Adam movie is coming up and Juwan will be like okay Tia what do you think well, and I'm like I don't care they keep saying every <laughs> single day like it's happening in 2022 we're going to start filming or whenever they're <laughs> supposed to start filming and I'm like it's never going to happen something's going to happen and it's not going to happen so everyone needs to just accept that Black Adam is not ever going to exist on screen with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's my opinion on it. That's but, a fact. Um, Not an opinion, a fact. <laughs> it's a fact, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be sitting there with the, the Spawn movie and Limbo forever. And Blue Beetle is not going to happen. Yeah. And Lobo is not going to happen. Honestly, I really want a Blue Beetle movie so bad. 
much as um, Static Shock. All these movies needs to be made ASAP. See, I don't know anything about uh, Blue Beetle, so I can't say whether or not I was really excited to see a Blue Beetle movie. A good starting point is the Young Justice series, if you want to get that, since you have my DC Universe app. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. That's a, all right. I will uh, I will look into that. But, yeah, um, the whole thing with, like, Batman and the comments and everything like that, I mean, it might be good to – so Matt Reeves has his Batman movie, but it might be good whoa, whoa. to not – which looks amazing. But if they're talking about, like, say, a continued universe, right, like a DCU, I would say don't include Batman. Like, don't include Robert Pattinson's Batman at all in that. Like, have your separate Matt Reeves Batman universe um, and then just kind of have your other movies to the side and concentrate on the other characters. Because people are really excited for a Wonder Woman movie. And people are excited for an Aquaman movie, which would you guys ever believe that we would be in a day and age that people are excited <laughs> about Aquaman? Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, that was, before the movie came out, I swear on my life that everybody hated the idea of an Aquaman movie because everybody yeah. just thought about that damn cartoon where all he did was, quote-unquote, talk to fish, which, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm like, you guys do not understand Aquaman, and I am so pissed that you don't. You guys need to read more comics. I was so pissed when that came out. And then once it came out, oh, Aquaman is one of the best movies ever. Oh, granted, I would say that Aquaman in the movies isn't exactly like the characters from the comics, but Aquaman in the comics is a badass, and less people realize this. And uh, this is the night that I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I liked Aquaman. I didn't think it would say, like, the best movie ever. But it was really good and definitely, like, added a level of badassery to the character of Aquaman. I mean, it's Jason Momoa. How could you not have him be badass, right? <laughs> But before we move any further or go to the next topic, I can't talk, it's late here, but do you guys think that DC should try to get back on track with a shared universe or should they just continue doing their own thing? You got your Joker movie, you got your Matt Reeves movies, you got Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and they all seem to kind of now be separate. Is this cool, or do you guys want to see it go back to more of a shared universe? And I'll start with you, Dom. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little conflicted on it because, like, <clears throat> I don't know. Clearly, clearly, you know, DC, you know, isn't, you know, besides a, a movie or two, isn't really trying to follow a Marvel model. They're doing their own thing, making their own rules. Um, so I guess I, for me, I think I'd have to see after this Matt Reeves and see, like, 
if it's worth uh, doing that. Um, because if it, I mean, if it works that way, then hell, I mean, I, I, it's hard to argue if it works. Uh, so yeah, I don't. That's a hard one. Uh, I think I mean every I mean everybody likes some some continuity, so I think it does help to like kind of have a, a, some linear uh, thing going on to where I know exactly what to possibly expect for the next movie I'm gonna get. Uh, so yeah, I think I guess probably I would kind of like to see some continuity and know what's going on. Um, and if you want to do your, you know, your your random off branches like a Joker, uh, hey, shit, <laughs> do, do it because if, if you can make more Joker movies and shit, do, just do do that, do exactly that. Um, but yeah, I would kind of like to see it come come back to to together. I will say really quick, um, I saw a report saying that Joaquin Phoenix would be down for a sequel to Joker. Um, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't want a sequel. I love nah. the Joker. I love the yeah. Joker. I thought it was like one of, I, I, I forget it was either you or AJ who said that it was like on the level of the Dark Knight movies. It 100%. It was a cinematic masterpiece. I sat down and I was like, I- I'm experiencing something. And I don't want to see And I know that probably sounds dramatic, but I was like, whoa. Like, what uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips were able to achieve in that movie was mind-blowing. But I don't want another one. Keep it the way it yeah. is. Yeah. Do How does Scorsese feel about that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't he produce it? Didn't he produce it? Did he? He was supposed to direct it. He was supposed to direct it. That's that's why he's saying stuff about Marvel because he's Team DC. He's in the DC versus Marvel. We now know the real root of all of this. He wanted to he wanted to create a stir amongst the community so that more people would go see DC movies. Yep, there you go. There it is behind there. Um, <laughs> but AJ, do you uh, want to see some sort of continuity within the, you know, I guess the now broken up DCEU um, or are you okay with kind of these separate movies because you just want DC movies? Okay. First, shout out to Box Office Mojo. Um their new layout is incredible. So much easier to use than the old layout. Um, second, I agree with you both saying that Joker doesn't need a sequel. Um, it was, what, a $55 million budget, and it made over mm-hmm. $800 million, which is incredible. Actually, over $900 million now. Just have to throw yeah. that out there. Over nine hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> okay, over nine hundred million, which is even better. Um, but I will say this: I do want them to continue to do like solo movies. So like the solo Joker, um, just focus on the solo Catwoman, which will be interesting. Because who's who's the new Catwoman for Batman right now? Zoe Kravitz. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Since we're having her, we're having her as the bat, Batman Catwoman. I want a different Catwoman with Isaac Gonzalez as a solo Catwoman um, movie. You wanted um, her so badly for Catwoman. I really, I, 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 I just do. I'm still I championing her. I'm still championing for her. Anyway, um, I'm on the line of your side, Tia, saying that they should focus. Like, for Marius, Batman, they should focus on, like, a trilogy. But I'm going to go on and add more to that. They should focus on the Batman trilogy, and then they should focus on, like, a Superman trilogy, but we're not getting that, which is annoying. Um, they should focus on a Wonder Woman trilogy all by itself. And then if we get a team-up movie, we can get a team-up movie, and they'll... I feel like it will add to the experience because we already um, invested interest in those characters separately. And then once all that comes into fruition, I feel like we'll we'll be, what is it? We'll be as mesmerized as we were with um, the Avengers when that first came out. Um, I just feel like if they focus on the characters for with their um, separate stories, and separate movies instead of trying to force force the um, universe on us, just make it the way that it's more easier to digest. So, like I said, focus on Batman when you're making a Batman movie. Focus on Wonder Woman if you're making a Wonder Woman movie. Um, you can have, like, hints and tidbits here and there within the movie. And uh, what is it? And then have like a Justice League movie that's going to develop these characters together and separate at the same time. And I feel like that would be the perfect way to have the Justice League. And we hopefully, no, not hopefully, we're not going to get it, but we can get another Batman versus Superman movie. Um, no matter how much I actually enjoyed and liked Batman versus Superman movie, I understand it's false. Um, there was too much inside that movie. Um, hopefully, we'll get another Batman vs Superman movie, Superman movie, where they can actually focus on Batman vs Superman movie, not Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Doomsday movie, <laughs> and CGI, everything else yeah. in between. <laughs> See, I think that Marvel, yeah, I think like Marvel Joker. Um, has proven that you can have, or sorry, Joker, you can have, like, a low budget, and it can still look amazing at the same time. Um, I feel like, I think that Matt Reeves is doing the same thing. I don't think the budget's going to be as big. I feel like most DC movies or Marvel movies, um, I think he's just focusing on the storytelling of Batman, and if he's doing a trilogy, let's say it, let's keep it like a trilogy and then you can have like a not like a Christopher Nolan trilogy but have the add on like at like the third movie you can get what um now I'm blinking on comic book um storylines um <laughs> oh my god you can get like a Batman RFP storyline in there. You can get um uh, what else? 
Um, you can get Death of the Family storyline. You can get um, Hush, Batman's Hush storyline. You can get all these great storylines. Um, Court of Owls, that's what I was thinking of, or Endgame. You can get all these great storylines um, if you can, like, put hints and tidbits throughout each movie. And then for, like, the final villain, you'll understand throughout all those past movies why he's in that third movie. So basically you can just have many arcs and, like, the first two and then the third one, you can just have, like, a huge, gigantic arc in that one series. And the same with, like, Wonder Woman, Superman. Um, what else are they making? Um, Birds of the Prey. The Suicide all Squad. That. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. Stop, they can... stop leaving out my Suicide Squad, AJ. I know you didn't <laughs> okay, like the first but... one, but... <laughs> I'm excited. I am honestly excited for um, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, so... That, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for that. Did not care for the, what, David Ayer Suicide Squad. It wasn't David Ayer's fault. I will admit that. It's a lot of production errors and all that. I'm not going to get through all that, but yeah, should I just we, think that... Hmm. Should we say hashtag release the air cut? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I'm over that. The Snyder cut, the air cut. Oh, nah, well... It's over. If you, if, you, if you need to know, apparently Jason Momoa said he's seen the Snyder cut and it's amazing. And I I'm don't like, care. Along care. with the Tooth Fairy and the Black Adam movie and the Man of Steel sequel, <laughs> it's not happening. Oh, it doesn't I exist. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, AJ. I don't want to rile you up right now. <laughs> this DC stuff is getting annoying and it's getting old. People just need to get over it and just move on. It's not going to happen. Can you imagine if we did a Geeks Against the Grain release the Snyder Cut edition? I swear <laughs> we would get, like, death threats, people trying to come to our houses. What do you mean, the God and the Lord, Zack Snyder? And everyone listening to this is going to be like, F that bitch who was hosting that night. <laughs> I can't. I can't. But with that, Let's move on um, to probably, in my opinion, the biggest news um, on our list. So, uh, and I believe, AJ, prior you said you had a lot of feelings towards this, so we'll get to you. Uh, but what are their names again? I gotta look this up. Okay. So, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are, were the men behind the Game of Thrones uh, series. And while they gave us seven amazing seasons, the eighth one really fell short. Now, a huge popular belief, I don't believe it was ever confirmed, uh, but a huge popular belief is that they rushed the eighth season to work on a Star Wars trilogy that they had uh, agreed upon with Lucasfilm. Um, and this is just really all basically uh, just kind of people guesstimating pretty much because 
uh, it, you know, the eighth season was only six episodes. There's reports that HBO was going to offer them more, but they declined. And so that pretty much showed a lot of people that they were rushing it. The episodes seemed rushed and yada, 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 whatever your grievances towards season eight were. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. But um, So this past week, the two, Weiss and Benioff, exited their trilogy for Star Wars, this huge trilogy that has divided a lot of people because whereas prior to season eight of Game of Thrones, people were probably would be really excited about this deal, but then after season eight, people really were like, we're going to entrust Star Wars with these two. Um, and I even think that at the recent, uh, whatever it was, D23, it was, you know, this is a very, my whole point is this is a very recent thing because they have been promoting this trilogy for a while and then suddenly they've exited. And this comes also with the news that they have a huge deal with Netflix, a multi-million dollar deal with Netflix um, that they're going to be creating exclusive content for the streaming site. And there are a lot of conflicting stories where it's saying that, you know, the two of them left um, and that, you know, they left and, you know, Lucasfilm wishes them well and has the door always open when they want to come back because their whole thing is that they said that they're leaving because they can't juggle, um, you know, both their Netflix career and Star Wars. But now there's other reports saying that Kathleen Kennedy who is in charge over there at Lucasfilm, pretty much uh, let them go because she wasn't happy with the fact that they signed a multi-year Netflix deal. I mean, there's just so much that's coming out behind these two. I'll say one last thing before I pass along to you, AJ, but apparently there were reports that the two of them admitted that they had no idea what they were doing with Game of Thrones, which is the last thing that you want to admit. Um, because you think that that's going to do any favors with Star Wars. I mean, it is crazy. There is so many things um, and so many different reports coming out of left field that um, it, it's just a lot. And I can't even fully make sense of it, so I'm going to go to you, and hopefully you can help me make sense of it. Okay. Like you said, people think that David Benioff and – uh, oh my God, D.B. Weiss um, rushed the eighth season, the final season, but because of Star Wars. Um, when was it announced that um, they were going to do a Star Wars trilogy? Dude, does anybody know on top of their head? Like 2018, uh, 2019? I, I can't tell you. I think, though, it was definitely before the eighth season of Game of Thrones aired. Before the eighth season aired? Okay. So that's what? twenty. That's 2018. Let's say like the end of 2018. Um, so they were definitely at talks before that said date when they announced it. Um, Game of Thrones season eight aired in July of 2018. Um, so it's safe to assume that they written season eight before 2018, 2017. Um, so they probably written it between like the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. 
So they definitely had their plan out before the release of before the announcement of Star Wars. So I I don't understand why. I guess because people didn't like the final season and they think they rushed it, but their plan was to have what eight six episodes for season eight and um season seven. Well, how many episodes does season seven have? Seven episodes for season seven. They planned that before. I, I guarantee you, before they were even announced to do a Star Wars trilogy, and then season eight they aired. Like I said, they no, sorry, they started filming. I was wrong. They started filming in 2018, so they should have had the story done before the beginning of 2017 or mid 2017. So yeah, they definitely had their plan out before they were announced and they were in talks before the their Star their supposed Star Wars trilogy. So people saying that they rushed it, I just it just doesn't make sense that they rushed it just because of Star Wars because they they should have finished it. I guarantee you I I'm hundred percent not hundred percent. I'm ninety percent sure that they finished they got the ending before the announcement and was it? They were supposed to produce Star Wars. They're not even directing it. They're producing it. Um, they were supposed to produce it and write the trilogy. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, um, I am upset that those two left Star Wars because uh, what they got from Netflix. Um, was it a smart move on their part? Yes, I do think it's a smart move on their part. Um, I I think the reason why they left is because um, Kathleen Kennedy didn't agree with their um, script or something. Is, is that right? Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask, like, what you think if you think that it's you know, they left on their own accordance or Kathleen Kennedy essentially ran them out. Okay. Uh, there's, there's multiple reports. I know that. Um, some say that Kathleen Kennedy didn't agree with them, so they both left and went to Netflix, and Kathleen Kennedy is upset be, because of that. So let's just go with that report. Um, okay. People are not liking Kathleen Kennedy. Are people? Sorry, let me get my thoughts mixed up. People are loving that the creators of Game of Thrones is leaving Star Wars because of said final season of Game of Thrones. So they think that they're going to make a terrible Star Wars trilogy and so on and so forth. And that I do not agree with because they made the best series. Um. In the entire world, in my opinion, at least. They made the best series from season, for me, for season one through season eight, but for many, it was season one through season seven. Um, but I'm one of after those that, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I was saying, um, people just think about that final season and say, oh, there's the worst writers in the whole wide world and just completely forget about the first seven seasons of Game of Thrones giving us the most popular, um, factually popular, and sorry, number one, 
number-wise um, popular television series in the world. Um, they just forget about that on the Kathleen Kennedy now. Uh, people have their hate, love, relationship with Kathleen Kennedy. Um, people don't like her because she goes through directors left and right, which is true. But she, she, I think for me, she also, um, I, for me, I think she's also a good producer. But at the same time, she has her faults, like going through all those directors. But at the same time, she greenlit um, Clone Wars, which I'm excited for. Um, she greenlit The Mandalorian. She greenlit Last Jedi. Um, no, I'm not going to say Last Jedi because that's the most controversial movie of Star Wars. I'm going to say um, Solo. She greenlit Solo. She greenlit, she greenlit um, oh, God. Um, Did she greenlight the Rise of, the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. She, she basically yeah. greenlit everything from the new prequels to the sequels to all that. Um, so people just blame her for all the negatives, but they don't give her the credit for all the positive things she's done. And she has done a lot of good for Lucasfilm because she's, she greenlit everything from the new trilogy onwards, from comics to everything. She greenlit everything. And then she gets, like, a lot of stories and all that. So she greenlits and she rejects all these other stories. They might have been good. They might have been bad. Ultimately, it's up to her. But right now, especially since we're getting Disney Plus and we're getting what? We're getting the Obi-Wan series, which she greenlit, by the way. So everybody's excited about The Mandalorian. Everybody's excited about Obi-Wan. But no one's talking about how happy, um, how good um, Kathleen Kennedy is because she greenlit all these great stories that's going to come out and that already came out in this new trilogy. So I just think that people don't give her the credit that she deserves, but only give her the negative, their negative opinion about Kathleen Kennedy. So that's all I'm going to say. I will say that, you know, if the reports are true that Weiss and Benioff uh, left the Star Wars because they didn't feel like they had enough time to work on it considering their deal with Netflix, I mean, I guess in a way I have to respect them because wouldn't you rather that they admit that they wouldn't really have put it, put out the best, um, you know, Star Wars trilogy because they had other things on their plate. Imagine if they, you know, kind of put out a half-assed movie, their reputation really wouldn't be all that. Um, And especially with the backlash of season eight of Game of Thrones, um, people were definitely not happy about the idea of them directing a Star Wars trilogy, especially after, like, people really disliked The Last Jedi um, and really disliked Ryan Johnson. And it's kind of crazy that it feels like Star Wars fans can almost never be happy <laughs> because uh, as soon as like a movie is even slightly 
less than what they expected it to be. Suddenly that, that director is like public enemy number one. But um, Dom, what are your feelings about the exit of probably one of like the like biggest exits of, of directors for a huge franchise? Because I mean, this was, this was what everyone was anticipating. Everyone was talking about it. It's like Game of Thrones is done. Now they have the Star Wars trilogy before them. And now they've exited. And they were supposed to start everything. Or no, I'm sorry. I uh, believe it was supposed to hit theaters, their first one in 2022. That's less than three years away. And so with less than three years away, they're out. This presumably means that a trilogy might be pushed back um, if we even do get a new trilogy. And so my question is, Dom, what are your feelings about this? And also, do you think they left on their own accord or they were pushed out? So uh, I didn't – I haven't had a chance to watch Game of Thrones because I didn't have HBO, so I wasn't one of the people who were just like, I don't want to watch it because I'm anti – um, but I, I heard all, and I saw clips and I heard everybody talking about season eight not being that great. I, and from what I understood is that the series has surpassed the books. So these yeah. guys had to kind of make up their own thing. It's, it, you know, I'm, T, I know you write, I've written some short stories and some short screenplays writing a story especially one off of one that already has a backstory is hard to do, especially mm-hmm. when when you're putting this out for actors. You know, the ones I've written, no one's acting this stuff out. So you put this stuff out, and it's the number one show. It's a lot of pressure. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, the, most people can't do it. That's why there's not a lot of writers. Most and people so? can't do it. Yes. Can I interrupt you for one second? I yes. just have two, two quick real points to make here. Um, yes, the show has outlasted the books, but from what it's my – I only read, like, the first, like, two books. From my understanding, the show outlasted uh, after season four. Season five okay. was okay. Season five was okay. The season six was one of the best seasons of the whole freaking show so to say you know fans make it seem like season eight was the only season without any sort of book reference when the show has been operating without book reference for a couple of seasons and to me i did not like season eight but it's not that i dislike season eight because if season eight was like a standstill season it would be bad it wasn't but the whole reason why it was bad is because of all the seasons it had prior to it, because it just didn't seem like it made sense to the stories that had led up to it. So that's what okay. I feel about it. But uh, as you said, it's incredibly hard to write, especially because, you know, now they're just pulling everything out. And I don't think they had much help from George R. R. Martin, especially towards the end. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt uh, you, but, you know, as you yeah. said, like, it's incredibly hard, but um, people don't give credit that they've been operating for a while without book references. Okay. Yeah, see, and then it's even harder 
to end something. I feel like ending a series is probably the hardest thing to do. And every single show that is considered one of the best of all time, there has ne- there's always been polarizing opinions on the the last season or the last episode, whether it be like Sopranos or whether it be Game of Thrones or like which I thought that, you know, The Walking Dead this season I thought was going to be the last one. How are they going to end it? <laughs> We're not. We'll make another season because we don't know how to end it. Um, they really don't. Because it's, it, <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing to do. So then them to go on to, for one, as them being, you know, fantasy-type writers, you would think that Star Wars, which I'm sure it, it was a dream job, we get to make, like, a Star Wars trilogy, say less. So I feel like it was probably – it had to be a culture thing, a clash to for with them exiting because there's probably I feel like these guys are, you know, the way they write. I feel like they're kind of uh, they're edgy. They're kind of the bad boys. Like don't kind of tell us what to do. We got this. And maybe uh, Kennedy wanted a little more control. You know, maybe she didn't like the direction that they're trying to take it, even though she may, may not have saw a final product, or maybe they were moving too slow. Maybe th- there was a deadline that they couldn't meet. Um, I feel like it was probably uh, a, somewhat mutual uh, because if you, if I have another deal on the, on the line and you tell me that I have a shorter window possibly than I think I can do and there's possibly changes that you want to make, and I have to do rewrites, and there's probably maybe in there probably like you know what, this is not worth it. And if it's true that she says that they're welcome back, you know maybe it'll work out better at a different time. But you know I'm sure that they didn't want to really walk away from a Star Wars trilogy, especially a brand brand new fresh trilogy. Um, so it was probably somewhat mutual but a little bit more of a, a a force out, but not like a, I don't think it was probably a, you know, a um, angry force out. I think it was just, you know, big ideas, um, but one goal. And, you know, when you have a lot of big brains, you're not always going to agree on everything. And sometimes, you know, you got to, you got to part ways. Um, and I, what what is the the is it just some what's the next deal they got? Is it just a multi million dollar deal, or is it like a specific type of show they're trying to or series they're trying to do? It's just a multi you know year deal where they're going to make exclusive content for Netflix. There was nothing specific, um, so it, we don't know what they're going to make with Netflix. What kind of genre? Are they going to be series? Are they going to be movies? It's just they've uh, – and we see that, though. We're seeing that a lot because there are a lot of uh, directors, uh, specifically the guy who directed Luke Cage um, made a Mm. deal with Amazon. And plenty of other directors have made deals for, you know, years to make content just for them. So it seems like – they, you know, just want to – it is a good deal. I mean, shit, it's Netflix. Yeah. It's, you know, the right. biggest streaming site, and 
they've hooked up, but I, you made a very fair point that I can't imagine no matter what the reason is that these two really want to exit out of a Star Wars deal. Right. And with, uh, I do remember, you know, a lot of people not really favoring a lot of uh, the Netflix originals as of late, uh, which I don't know why, but um, maybe that there is, you know, not just some a big deal, but, you know, with Netflix uh, needing, you know, more fan-approved content, there might be some kind of Netflix control type, you know, stipulations in their contracts. If they're that highly sought after and they left a huge deal to go to another huge deal, it might be, hey, they're going to give us, you know, a little more creative power to to do a lot more, you know, maybe not just the content, but like, you know, moves in the boardroom too. Because uh, if I'm Netflix and I, I hear talks of like, oh, people are, going to these other streaming services and they don't like some of the shows we make and we get these two guys and clearly they know what they're doing because they make they helped make the biggest show in T V history, then hey, let's kinda let's we need to pick their brains and let them kinda be not just creators but, you know, executives as well. And I'm you know, I don't know, I'm speculating, but I kinda feel like that's the route I would go if I was some Netflix execs. Well, if you think about it, um, Game of Thrones was on HBO, right? Plenty of cursing, nudity, sex, violence, gore. Um, you can't do that in the Star Wars movie. You can have action. You can have action all you want, but you can't have the cursing. You can't have the sex. You can't have the nudity, right? This is still Disney. You still gotta bring right. the kids in. But if they have a deal with Netflix, they can make content and maybe not feel so restricted. Right, right. And I will say that their shows are good, but I'm still not convinced that Netflix knows what they're doing when it comes to their movies. I've yeah, really right, exactly. one good movie that was that good on Netflix as an original. Maybe The Irishman. Maybe The Irishman. Maybe I, I need to take that back. It could be their one. But, um, yeah, this <laughs> It is crazy um, for them to have walked away and to still kind of be dealing with the controversy um, of the eighth season of Game of Thrones because I'm telling you, as a fan who watched it, you know, for a few years, uh, enjoyed the series, and then watched the eighth season week by week, um, I was incredibly disappointed what what were your feelings again about it, AJ? Did you like the eighth season, or were you kind of not happy with it either? I loved the eighth season. Um, I really? Season. Yeah, I didn't think it was the best season they've made, and I understand all their flaws for the series, but I think it's. I thought it was well done. Um, so I understand why people didn't like. Uh, like what Daenerys and John being together. I know you didn't like them being together. Now I hate the reason for it. Um, so like I understand the reason why people didn't like it, and some of some of the things I don't understand. But I overall I enjoyed the series. But there's a source um from Hollywood Reporter I want to read off real quick. It says 
The Hollywood reported that Benioff and Wyatt's exit exit has been brewing since August. Uh, Lucasfilm chief Kathleen Kennedy is said to have been unhappy with the Netflix deal, just as they were scheduled to begin work on Star Wars. And then it says Benioff and Weiss, and it says Benioff and Weiss had said multiple times that they would not turn their focus on Star Wars until production wrapped on the final season of Thrones, which ended in July 2018. So people, I think that, so um, this is probably, I think this is true because People think they rushed Game of Thrones, but ultimately they didn't. It was planned long ago before season seven was made. I think season eight, um, I think everything was planned, but just because people didn't like the way it turned out, everybody's saying that it's been rushed and so on and so forth. So, yeah. I mean, we can agree and disagree on this, AJ. They needed 10 episodes. All right. Oh like, no, no, I agree that <laughs> I agree that they needed ten episodes. They needed more episodes, but they didn't rush. No, it. and I get what you're they, saying. Yeah, yeah. I um, wanted more. Trust me, I wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah! I mean, if anything, we needed like say two more seasons to tackle all of the issues and the storylines that they tried to squeeze in one freaking mm-hmm. season. Um. But that's really interesting that they were kind of planning their exit since August because maybe I'm wrong here, but I thought, like, their whole Star Wars trilogy was teased at D23 that took place in August. Like, they, you know, they've been talking about their Star Wars shit, you know, recently. And that's what's so uh, confusing about this whole exit between them. Uh, but I guess they looked at the money, maybe. I think it, it was just such a combination of things, honestly. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what they even come with uh, with Netflix, like what they even produce and how well-received that's going to be. Because at this point, fans think they're like the worst directors since Ryan Johnson. See, they don't direct. <laughs> they don't they don't direct. They produce and write the stories. Like they're not they wasn't supposed to direct the Star Wars trilogy. They were just supposed to produce and write it. They I don't I'm pretty sure they didn't direct any of the Game of Thrones um T V series either. Like they only wrote it. I think you're right with that. Um I don't think that they directed any of those episodes. Um it's just strange. It really is. And I think this is just another thing that is dividing the fandom. And you really have just like a group of really toxic fans coming out wanting to make it, I think, maybe so much more than it actually is. Um, whoever is in charge of the next Star Wars movie is certainly going to have a lot on their plate and have to deal with a lot. Um who knows? Maybe Ryan Johnson's uh, trilogy may come back. Kathleen Kennedy may look at this and be like, you know what? I don't think Let's they ever canceled back. that. I don't think they ever canceled really? the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Yeah. Hmm. What would also, the trilogy even be on? You lied, right? 
You lied on that. Um, they, they, they actually directed um, three episodes of Game of Thrones. Only three in the whole entire thing. I mean, come on. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would, like, a trilogy even be about? Like, this is now my ignorance because I don't know that much about Star Wars. But what would it even be about considering the Skywalker's, you know, legend is ending? I know I know that uh, there um rumors are saying that the uh, Benny Offenweiss um movie was about about the uh, beginnings of the Jedi. So mm. uh for Ryan Johnson I don't know what he would have done because there's a lot of possibilities. He could have made an Ahsoka movie. He could have made a Rules 2 movie. Um, but I think that they're going to, since he, they haven't, like, canceled his um, series yet, or I guess there hasn't been any news lately about Ryan Johnson and, that, and his trilogy. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the, what he'll make, but... I'm going to guess that it's going to be the beginning of the Jedi now since um, Weiss, Benioff and Weiss is gone. Which, by the way, really quick, it has not been a good week for Game of Thrones anything considering no, this yeah. happened. <laughs> and, and the fact that uh, the, oh my God, what is her name? Naomi Watts led uh, series has been canceled by HBO. Sad. Sad. Are you are you sad about that? I am truly sad because I love Naomi Watts. Um, Me too. I, I was really, really disappointed I, to hear that. I really wanted to watch that, but I am happy that they did Greenlit um, the Targaryens. So mm, that's, that, that's a positive. That's a positive. Dom, you have to watch Game of Thrones. Like even with like how little I liked season eight, like it, it's truly like, one of the best television series of all time. Um, I think the worst season... <laughs> I think the worst season for me was season one and two, but I still I still loved them. <laughs> I, I, just, I like I just season two. Girl. I like season two. I will say... For me, I think the, it was just a little too slow. Well, I was going like, to say, for any, yeah. for, for any new Game of Thrones, like, watcher, the first few episodes are incredibly slow. They really are. Uh, I remember when I first started watching it, um, the first episode I watched, and I was like, this is what everyone talks about. I'm like, this is what everyone <laughs> praises. What's wrong with everyone? Sheep. And then, like, three episodes in, I was like, oh, yeah, I now dedicate my life to this series. So... <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, you got to get through the first few episodes because they're just trying to, like, set everything up and explain the whole entire world because it is a lot. There are so many. Dom, just start here. on the Targaryens when it comes out. Just start on that. No, no. I'm perfectly fine with with slow stories because, like, the, the Walking Dead is one of my favorite shows, and that's nothing but slow episodes, so... Oh, <laughs> the first two seasons were so the best. Um, the first two seasons of The Walking Dead were yeah, the best. At this After point, that, I just, yeah, I just want them to end <laughs> it. Like I'm, I just want to see a good ending. Like I don't, I don't feel no quit stretching it. There's <laughs> not. I mean, 
I don't know if everybody has to die or they have to. No I, one's like, around. Like I don't know. I'm just like yo, y'all gotta find a way to. I mean, the comics are. I think the comics are done, right? Or they're. Yeah, they're done. Yeah. So like, well, first of all, they just they just ended. Go ahead and wrap it up. They've like, gone Chappelle so said. far. They've gone so far beyond the comics, though, because like, yeah, uh, Andrea and Rick were a thing in the comics. Right. They ne- never were a thing in the show. You know, there was just, like, so many things. Like, Michonne and Rick were never a thing. And I'm sorry, right. the fact that, like, Rosita and Eugene are together. I know they're together in the comics. I don't give a <laughs> shit about that. It is weird. Stop that. Ugh, you guys lost it. me. I stopped that, like, season four. <laughs> well, probably to be fair, three, to be honest. To be fair, I stopped at season seven. But, I, you know, we at Geek 5 Nation are up to date with everything, obviously. <laughs> um, so I've just seen what's going on. No, I stopped at season seven after Negan smashed uh, Abraham and Glenn to pieces. Because, believe it or not, I liked Abraham. I know he wasn't a favorite character of many, but I liked him. So I was upset by that. And I didn't need a whole hour of being tortured. So, yeah, I did not like Walking Dead. They need to end that shit. Like, ten seasons, Rick <laughs> is gone, Michonne's going to be gone, everyone's going to be gone. Like, the only highlight was in season nine when they brought back John Bernthal from the dead for, like, two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know I had to shout him out there. That's why the two seasons are the best, because Shane was there. <laughs> Hashtag Shane did nothing wrong. But, um... <laughs> Oh my god, one day let's just have a Geeks Against the Grain about The Walking Dead and how it needs to end. Like, <laughs> good job. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that we definitely touched upon a lot of subjects uh, in this Geeks Against the Grain with world versus comics because uh, there's just a lot of shit that was going on, a lot of comments and everything, and it was just, like, a weird place, I think, for, like, comic fans and geek fans recently, because I'll have to say that, uh, I forget how old you are, AJ, I don't know how old you are, Dom, but I'm sure you guys experienced this when you were kids, that, like, being nerdy was not the cool thing, right? But it is the, but it is the cool thing now. And that's cool to see what we love so prevalent in movies and TV shows. And when you have people who are kind of, say, like Martin Scorsese going back to it and Francis Ford Coppola shitting on it, it doesn't feel necessarily good because you're like, hey, I already got made fun of when I was a kid. I don't need to get made fun of as an adult, all right? I pay taxes now. But (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, the thing is, though, at this point, there is really no stopping this train. Marvel movies are going to continue being produced. DC movies are going to continue being produced. We're going to have more Star Wars. We're going to have so much. And at this point, we're not just doing Marvel and DC. We're getting Vertigo. We're getting all these other comic books. And now we're getting games. Now we're getting live-action adaptations of video games. That's going to be the next trend. All the comic book people are going to be like, ah, shit, you know, uh, ever since they started making live action things of games, cinema's really gone down. So (laughs) it is is what it is. Um, 
I thank both of you guys for being here tonight and, you know, kind of dissecting all of this. Before we wrap everything up, I just want to give both of you guys a moment to promote yourselves. Um, Dom, what do you got going on? What do you want to highlight for the listeners? Uh, just uh, be on the lookout for some upcoming movie reviews. Uh, I have at least one or two every week now, uh, and I'm currently revamping my uh, Chopping It Up with the Homies podcast, so that should be back again shortly. I want to so, get yeah, on that. I want to get on that. For sure. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. I've listened to it before, and I'm like, man, these guys are having a blast right now. So <laughs> definitely make sure that you check that out. AJ, what can we expect from you? What is going on? Okay, well, of course, you can catch me on Twitter. I'm on all the time. Um, at this point, I'm doing nothing, just working, <laughs> um, watching TV shows. Uh, watch. Make sure to watch Watchmen, which is incredible right now. Um, saving up money for Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, um, the sequel, which is coming out in 2022. Yes. Just um, I'm already ready to get my Disney Plus so I can watch The Mandalorian, which is going to be a weekly thing. Um, saving money for Fallen Order, which comes out on the 15th. Um, I already got my tickets for Rise of, the Sky- Rise of Skywalker, which comes out on the 20th. The Witcher also comes out on the 20th, which I'm already ready for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I am super oh, excited. You can, you can, um, I'm going to start doing more anime reviews for Geese 5 Nation as well, so you can keep a lookout for that too. Absolutely. Uh, I am super excited for The Witcher. And maybe not you – know, like, uh, I, I would say that it's not – just because of Henry Cavill, but a lot of it is because of Henry Cavill. If you have not checked out Jack Ryan season two on Amazon Prime, you are sorely missing out. It is amazing. John Krasinski and everyone else who is behind this show did a fabulous job. Extremely good. If you are a fan of Netflix's Narcos, there are a shit ton of actors from Narcos in season two. So that's really cool. And there's just so much going on. Uh, We actually got a really awesome uh, behind-the-scenes look at DC Universe's upcoming Harley Quinn animated series. I can't say a whole lot other than the fact that I – other than I love it. You will not be disappointed, AJ. Um, You can find us, uh, Geek Vibes Nation, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on our website, Make sure you check out the top 10 tomorrow. We're doing the top 10 best Halloween movies. AJ, I know that you're working, but I hate that you can't make them anymore, but I'm happy that we were able to do this. I'm Tia, Dom, and AJ. Thank you guys again, and stay tuned for the next piece Against the Grain. Peace. Peace. Love Star Wars. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.